everybody. I'm Aline Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and welcome to a very special edition of the Treasured Ministries podcast. As you know, we've been walking through a series on the problem of pornography, and today I am sitting across from uh, my new good friend, Shelly, who has courageously and beautifully decided to be authentic and open and uh, with you about her story of uh, watching her husband fall into the, uh, the enemy's trap of pornography and the, uh, the pain that they walked through, but how God has used it to mend hearts, to grow Shelly and her faith. And on the other side, the Lord has won the victory. And so today, we want this podcast to be a, a uh, coffee and conversation. Um, and, and we want to invite you in, and we want to encourage you to share this with friends that you know uh, who are walking through um, this very painful journey. And, and we're here to share a message of hope uh, because, Shelly, wouldn't you agree that God is good? Oh, incredibly. God is good. God is good. And I first want to say just from the get-go that you're going to hear some language inside of this podcast that may not be um, necessary for little ones to hear. And so uh, so if, if you have little ones, this is probably the podcast that you want to listen to, not in the car. But as you're doing carpool, but maybe as you're on a walk with your with your walk, man. So so I just I just want to say that and and just want to encourage you today, uh, as Shelley has encouraged me as we've been um, preparing for this, that that one person can make a difference and that you are not alone in this journey and that our God is a mighty Redeemer, able to save and take our pain and use it inside of our purpose and and for His glory. So, Shelley, welcome to the Treasure Ministries podcast, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is an absolute uh, pleasure. If someone had told me six years ago that I would be speaking on the subject, I would have said, um, first and foremost, this can't possibly be a real addiction. (laughs) Right. So it's amazing how much you can learn. And the awakening that God can stir in your heart and in your mind, um, even under circumstances and situations that are not ideal and that you would never choose on your own. So I'm happy to be here and be of service to Him in that capacity. Well, we are so thankful that you're here and just appreciate um, your willingness to share your story. Um, so in that, tell us a little bit about yourself. If you'll introduce if you'll introduce yourself, Shelley, to our audience, that would be great. Well, I was biologically born to two teenagers back in the late 60s, but adopted into God's family one week prior to my 26th birthday in such an amazing, radical God fashion that only He mm-hmm. could have stirred. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a mother of, uh, of four here, and... Mm-hmm. Um, and they all range in various ages. I have two grown adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the one thing that I typically will share with people is that I can definitely relate to the Israelites. Um, not only do I spend a lot of time grumbling on my journey through life, but I also um, will have wandered through the parental desert for a total of 40 years, meaning <laughs> from start to finish, uh-huh. um, my responsibilities as a parent will have lasted 40 years. So when my wow. oldest one turns 40, my youngest one will be 18. So oh, wow. 40 years solid wow. of parenting. Wow. So that is, uh, that is probably the people that I can relate to the most in the Bible. <laughs> I love and that. that gives you a picture of my uh, very long journey. So we're hoping, I'm hoping, though, for a better outcome than a lot of the Israelites had at the end. Right, right. <laughs> well, I'm, I, know, I know that that will be. I know that that will be. And I think a lot of moms out there can, can relate to that feeling. Uh, and maybe mine hasn't been 40 years, but I'm thinking, gosh, sometimes being a mom and a woman and a wife, it does feel like you're you're in the wilderness. Just God, just give me the next step and the next step. So, absolutely. So absolutely. Anyway. So, um, so let's go ahead. And before we get into the story, um, I would love for you to share um, 
a statistic that you shared with me on how prevalent this this problem is. So if you'll share some of that information, that would be great. Well, we know that statistically um, that 50 to 58 percent of our pastors are caught up in, in sexual sin, pornography. Wait a minute. Our pastors, pastors, Christian pastors, Christian pastors, and these are, 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 are this 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 encompasses all different denominations. That's how what a stronghold this particular addiction has. That this subject matter it it captivates so no many different people. Idea. I had no idea. Fifty to fifty eight percent are pastors. Sixty to seventy percent of men in the church are in sexual bondage. And 70 60 to yeah. 70%. So, Absolutely. So let's think about that. So when you're sitting in church mm-hmm. and you're looking in your congregation, I mean, 60 to 70, three-fourths, that's incredible. I had no idea. Yeah. It, it's, it's a large amount. And when I first discovered this addiction with my husband, I'll tell you, in the very beginning, I didn't look at men the same. Mm-hmm. I, I would go to church, and I would actually, in my head, start to to divide the church in in sections. And I'd yeah. say, well, this whole group over here yeah. is doing this. Yeah. Whether they've been caught or not, this yeah. is a section. This is the the amount of, of men that are, are lured by this. Mm-hmm. And then 76% of Christian men actively are seeking out pornography that are between the ages of 18 and 24. Wow. Wow. Making it very difficult for them to go on and have healthy, normal relationships because once you have been titillated by Mm -hmm. um, fantasy and an airbrushed picture, Mm -hmm. it makes a natural woman um, very hard to, if you will, settle for. And they are finding statistically that young men are not functioning well in relationships. Yeah, yeah, for that reason, for that reason. Um, so let's, um, and, and, you know, that statistic is is very scary to me and very eye-opening. Um, and, you know, and it reminds me that, um, that the women that are coming to Treasured Ministries, that probably means that so many of them um, are probably struggling with this. Um, let's bring this to a personal level and just begin with with your story. Um, how long were you married to your husband before you discovered that he had this this addiction? And uh, and when you say addiction, is the addiction to pornography, or would you say? Sex addiction, or is or is it like it's one in in the same? Um, well, there's different areas that mm-hmm. men can go out from, um, but it, sin is very luring, and sin never stays contained, and it never satisfies. It is one of mm-hmm. the lies that we buy. Mm-hmm. If I just can have this, this will this will fix whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And typically speaking, a man could start out. In, in one category or yeah. one area, and naturally it begins to bleed and it begins to go a lot farther. Just like with a drug addict, they may start out with a gateway drug uh-huh. such as marijuana, marijuana yeah. and then eventually they need cocaine yeah. because it's just not satisfying them yes. like it originally did. And Wow. So it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. all over the map. Mm-hmm. It depends upon how long someone mm-hmm. has been um, mm-hmm. entrenched in this. Mm-hmm. In order to answer that question, it kind of depends upon the length of time. Yeah, yeah. I love what you brought out that it's it just never satisfies and it's and it's never enough. So with 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 your circumstance, how long were you married before you discovered um, what what your husband was struggling with? Well, <clears throat> um, this was my second marriage. Mm-hmm. I'd been a single mom for 16 years and mm-hmm. prayed that God would bring me this amazing man, and mm-hmm. I met him. Um, we were He was very communicative. Mm-hmm. We got along real well. There mm-hmm. weren't any secrets. He mm-hmm. disclosed stuff that, to me, was like near and dear to the heart. Mm-hmm. I had no reason to distrust him. Mm-hmm. And so it was about six and a half years and um, that a slip of the tongue we were talking, mm-hmm. and he had mentioned something about another man that he had spoken to that had been struggling and how he had sympathized with this gentleman and said, yes, it is hard. 
And I said, is, as in present tense. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think it took him, he was so caught off guard by that Mm -hmm. because he had spent years working so diligently to hide this Mm -hmm. that he didn't even realize what he had said. But that was God's timing. Yeah. God had probably had tried to deal with him independent of me yeah. for quite a while, yeah. and then eventually it, it was going to come out. Right, right. So from that one slip, you caught on to that. I did. Um, and so, so with that, um, how did you initially react to that? I mean, did you initially um, call him on it, or did you say, I need to kind of do some searching around or... Or what? What was the next step in the in the journey? Well, I I did call him on it. Um, mm-hmm. We had a very very open relationship mm-hmm. in, as far as communication goes. Mm-hmm. So I had no reason to sit back on that one. Mm-hmm. And I said, as in present tense. And when he said that, he's and his response to me was, "Well, that's between this other guy and I." And I said, "No, it's not." Right. <laughs> I said, "You're no. not married to the other guy. Yeah. You're married to yeah. me." Yeah. And. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And from that moment on, um, he knew he wasn't going to slide off of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So he had then at that point admitted that on quote unquote an occasion, he had a lapse of judgment, if you will. Uh-huh. And that was the first time that it really started to click with me. And mm-hmm. I thought, um, I, I was stunned. He had admitted to me that years beforehand that he had struggled, but that God had rescued him from this. Yeah. And I had, I did not know anything about this, mm-hmm. this addiction. So I had no idea how it worked, and I believed him. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to be very emotionally present, so mm-hmm. I had no reason to question. And mm-hmm. that's when I thought, uh oh, yeah. And that's when yeah. my world started to come undone. Yeah, as yeah. the world that I once knew. Right, right, right. And so, so how initially, when you first heard that, and you thought, oh my gosh. This, this man that's going to church, you know, that's all these sort of things. We have this great relationship, um, and you're, you're basically taken like cold water, you know, like, oh, yes. oh my goodness, like, oh, yeah. wait a minute, wait a minute, and I, you know, prayed God and all, all this sort of stuff. How, how did that make you feel? Well, two things. Um, I felt shock, disbelief, uh, obviously betrayed, and very much duped. Yeah. Uh, it caused me to question what other things maybe I did not know that was going on in the marriage. Mm-hmm. It also, to be truthful with you, it also caused me to be angry at God. Wow. Um, yeah. Not that it was God's mm-hmm. fault. I didn't mm-hmm. blame God for my husband's behavior, mm-hmm. but I felt uh, when I when when more and more information started to come to the surface, which it mm-hmm. usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably when I started to feel a little bit of betrayal by God yeah. because I felt like, well, Lord, why didn't you reveal this to me? Why would you keep this from me? Right, right. And I felt like, because I had spent so much time thanking God for this amazing marriage I had. My marriage yeah. sat on a mountain as far as I was concerned. It yeah. was everything I had prayed yeah. for and that much more. Yeah. And after being a single parent for 16 years and then raising my two children mm-hmm. up to adulthood and then getting married, I just felt like, wow, this man is was worth the wait. And then mm-hmm. to learn this, I just thought, wow, Lord, you listened to me, praise you for this man, and yet he was not worthy of my praise. Wow. Not that God yeah. wasn't worthy of praise, but yeah. my husband wasn't worthy of praise. Right, right, right. And so you felt that... Um, you know that you that you were communicating with God and and all of these things and and that the the prayer had been answered and then it was shattered. Oh, definitely. And God didn't give you a warning like, "Hey, Shelley, this is this is on the way. This yep. is on the way." So, yeah. So so that feeling of um a dream dying and God, you know, and then, and then you talked about, um, being duped. Did it make you feel like, uh, question your ability to make decisions when you talk about being duped or was it more, um, that your husband had presented this one facet, but hadn't told you about what happened? Exactly. It would be the latter. I really felt as though, um, 
I had believed in a mirage, mm-hmm. that everything that I, that I thought I had wasn't real. Yeah. And then when, when more and more lies start to come to the surface mm-hmm. and you start to get to, you dig, because this is a, what feels like at the time, it's, well, it starts to become what feels like at, a t- at the time, a bottomless pit in my case. I would mm-hmm. later end up learning that my husband had this addiction for 35 years. Wow. So mm-hmm. it was going to be a deep, dark pit. I just mm-hmm. didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that the, you talked about the sin leaked out, and then the bottomless pit is like you keep finding out the depth of yes. the problem. Well, we yeah. separated immediately mm-hmm. upon it. It was actually a week before my birthday. And, oh, gosh. Um, but oh, gosh. I, Shelley. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a week before my birthday. I was a, you know, being, I was a homeschool mom and getting ready mm-hmm. to start a new co- co-op the following mm-hmm. week. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this is happening. Mm-hmm. But I, I needed a break from him because, mm-hmm. see, I didn't want to be arrested for murder. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah. if I could be so frank. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, I, I, he needed to know I was serious. Yeah. And so I, uh, as kindly as I could, I asked him to leave the house. Yes. And he immediately, to my surprise, he, he knew how serious this had be, this, mm-hmm. this was for him. And mm-hmm. he proactively initiated getting himself help. Mm-hmm. That spoke volumes to me. Yes, um, that he was willing to do that, and so we ended up being separated for about four to five weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, because I knew so little of where and what he had done at that time, I and I didn't understand pornography and the addiction and the stronghold that it, it takes a hold of their brain. I thought, well. Okay, so he looked at a few images, mm-hmm. and I minimized it mm-hmm. because I wasn't educated enough at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And gee, you know, it would be better for our kids to stay together. So, and he is sorry, and he is getting help. So, I guess we'll move on. Right. And that was my initial take mm-hmm. after, like I said, four to five weeks of separation. Mm-hmm. And and I want to just get, if I can just interject real quick. Sure. Um, I want to commend you, and I just want to sort of like put an underline or highlight ladies out there that the um, that the boundary that you set was good, and that God sets boundaries with us. In fact, it's the first thing He did in the Garden of Eden. Absolutely, he said, do not. And so, and then He set a boundary. And so, I think that um, uh, I can't speak for everyone, but I know for me, learning it was okay to set boundaries um, was was a big was a big deal in my life. And that you know you didn't um, you didn't divorce, but you just said I, I need some space. And that that's okay. It was beneficial to to everybody um, involved. And so, um, uh, was that was that initially hard to do? Did you ever feel like, okay, is this as a Christian woman, is this the right thing to do, or is this, you know, what I mean? Or did you just know um, confidently that this was a direction that God was leading you in? Because obviously, when you set the boundary, that's the you know that was the most loving thing because it it allowed him to say I've I've got to get some help right yes so um, so can you speak a little bit more into that it it probably forced his hand in reality mm-hmm. when he knew how serious I was taking this clearly he knew I was not the kind of wife that would put her head in the sand and per- make this permissible yeah because he had done yeah. such a good job in hiding this mm-hmm. and I think he was later shocked that. Just in a casual conversation, that his his verbiage mm-hmm. would reveal truth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when he had been so careful yeah. for so many years yeah. to hide this. Um, I didn't at all feel guilty, to be truthful with you, because uh, I knew that yeah. he had disrespected the yes. the uh, commitment he had made to me. Yes, yes. and that uh, again, like you had said, that. God is the author of boundaries. Yeah. And if we're going to follow and follow what God says, then we need to uphold healthy boundaries too. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies, did you hear that? God is the author of boundaries. That's really good. 
<laughs> That's really good. That's awesome. Well, and it would turn out to be that later on uh, in the story that you'll hear, uh, it was the boundaries that actually really made significant changes. If I had not been willing to lay down healthy boundaries or if I had allowed insecurity of what might happen in my future to get in the way of me doing what was right at the moment, mm-hmm. um, my husband and I would not be where we're at today. Right, right. Awesome. Awesome. So, so when, when the boundaries happened, um, then the next step after four or five weeks, then you let him back into, um, the house and, um, what, what were some of the next steps in the journey? Well, we had pursued and, and, and actually he did a lot of the pursuing, uh, through various different local churches. They have mm-hmm. different kind of recovery, recovery programs, mm-hmm. but a lot of those programs, um, are typically more surface, mm-hmm. meaning they don't get to the root issue. Mm-hmm. It's more of a support group, mm-hmm. but being uneducated at the time, I thought, well, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew he was committed to not looking at anything. Uh, the one key thing that I want to bring up is that pornography or sex addiction is not the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem lies underneath the addiction. So okay. once my husband stopped viewing things, that's when the real problems arised. Whoa. Okay, because it took away what was soothing mm-hmm. the root issue the root issue with with your husband um and um and that's such a great thing to bring up because i you know for every woman listening um it's it's so easy to shoulder the shame of of somebody else's choices but the pornography is just a way to soothe like like for some men it's work or for other men it's you know different different types of things but if you don't get to that root issue um, then it's it's not going to be solved. Yes. And so my husband initially, he wanted to stop at sobriety. And I mm-hmm. said, no, we're not going for sobriety. We're going for recovery. I'll tell you what. I love you, Shelly. <laughs> I was very, very direct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. not want a sober addict in my home. Whoa. That's um, good. We all know this. the, the term, or, or most of us know the term dry drunk where a person is no longer um, actively drinking, but their mentality and their thought process and the way they do life is still much like an addict. Yeah. Because the root issue isn't, pro- isn't being resolved yet. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that when, we would, when he would go to these church programs, and they're well-meaning, uh, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, um, the church, I, I really respect churches that want to implement or have a program to help the broken and the hurting. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, though, because I think a lot of times it just glides over the surface. So when my husband was attending these, he was hearing wonderful praises. He was in co-ed groups, mm-hmm. which is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only addresses the surface. So none of the root issues were getting resolved. And he was developing a false sense of recovery. Okay. Okay. So how did you how how did you all get to the root issue? I knew my my husband's childhood. Mm-hmm. So um, I had known before uh, some of the trauma, the child wounds, the trauma wounds that mm-hmm. he had gone through and endured. And the more research I did, the more aware I became and the more the dots started to connect for me. I was very much alone in this. I did not know anyone who had gone through this that would be a viable source. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband went way outside of the box. I would love to say that it all stayed nice and neatly contained in the pornography category, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just not how sin works after 35 years yeah. Of, yeah. of diving headfirst in this. Yeah. And so the, I, it made it, I made it my mission. My world had started to turn upside down and I wanted to know what it was that was destroying, what it was that was eroding and eating up what I had considered the best thing I had in my life next mm-hmm. to my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the more I did research, uh, the more I started putting things together. We also had gone to um, counseling that specializes in sex addiction because as more and more things came out, that is what my husband's diagnosis became mm-hmm. was it fit more in the sex addiction category than mm-hmm. just the pornography mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, and they were great. They were Christian counselors. Um, CSAT is is the acronym for um, a sex addiction therapist who specializes in that. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, due to a lot of protocol, um, God and God's ways are not necessarily mm-hmm. brought up mm-hmm. and implemented in the recovery process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was more or less of, of well, you know, <clears throat> think about what works best for you, and then, and then uh, you go from there. And when you're dealing with somebody who has a broken brain, whose whose brain is damaged mm-hmm. from pornography, mm-hmm. uh, they're not in a position to exercise and make wise choices. Yeah. That's where my sobriety of not having a broken brain and not being mm-hmm. having an addiction came into handy. Came yeah. in, came in handy. Yeah, yeah, because you could help to to make. Um, to just to push that um, that that we're going to get to the root of this. You you mentioned a broken brain. Can you um, go more into that? Um, what do you What do you mean by the a broken <clears throat> brain? Or um, I mean, is it is it brain chemistry? Is it what 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 is that? Well, what is that, Shelley? <laughs> a broken well, brain. I know it's. I'm it sounds it sounds awfully uh, derogative, and I and I don't mean to sound that way. Um, it's just that it's it, it's kind of a loose term I'm using for this. But the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of the brain, if you were to take your your mm-hmm. hand and kind mm-hmm. of make like a comb shape, and you just mm-hmm. you would go back like if you had a feather or a. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. A what mohawk. I'm mohawk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That front yeah. part. That front part of your head. That front part of the brain is the is the prefrontal cortex, and that's the part of the brain that um, monitors self control, uh, mm-hmm. healthy choice making. Mm-hmm. Um, it also uh, emotional expression, judgment, mm-hmm. and ironically enough, it controls the sexual behavior. Oh. Okay. So okay. pornography. Uh, is very ingeniously designed because it hits just at the most pivotal part that uh, is most needed in order to function and make healthy choices, certainly God-honoring choices. And what happens is the self-control portion of the brain decreases in size and the healthy choice part of portion of your brain in, in that area decreases as well. In essence, the breaking system of the brain becomes impaired. So mm-hmm. impulse control and willpower are deeply affected. Whoa! So the so this part of the brain, the the front, the frontal frontal lobe, yeah, in the lobe. center part, correct. That is not the limbonic like reaction part. This is the part where you make those uh, where you pull back and you process through and make good choices. Correct. And so that becomes damaged. Yes. Through that. Yes. It's like a forest. This is how uh, one thing I read one time. It's like a forest. If you walked through a forest that was not uh, walked through and you kept walking back and forth on the same track, the same Mm -hmm. trail, you would mow that area down. Mm -hmm. And that's what pornography does. It creates, if you will, porn tracks going across the brain that damages it, and the brain becomes extremely dependent upon those chemicals. Those chemicals are shooting out at such a rapid pace, so it pumps out chemicals that form new pathways. It, in essence, rewires the brain. And the more I... Oh, it was shocking. The more I learned about this, the more I realized this problem was so much deeper than just a bunch of pictures that people in the world want to tell us it is. Yeah, yeah. And when it... um, when when you're saying it's it's so much deeper than that, so it um, it affects the brain in a way where you can't make the logical choices. Yes, um, it rewires the brain that way, and then um, and then we were also talking about how the empathy piece of it that it destroys empathy. Um, it does. Is that related to the brain as well? It does. It's the the, the feeling part. In other words. You know, God gave us our brain to do wonderful things with it, but Satan always brings in a counterfeit. Um, mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is that, you know, the, thing, the, the exciting natural things that God created in, our, in, in this world to delight us and to get us excited about things, um, that part becomes duller. And now you're, you're looking and, and a person is focused on an artificial stimulant to do that. So the things of this world that, that would naturally excite a person no longer have that capability. It deadens wow. them. And I was, it's funny because my husband 
you know, he didn't, we used to laugh and joke. We see his memory wasn't very good. And all of a sudden I was able to put two and two together. And I realized wow. why wow. his memory wasn't so good, wow. why he was so impulsive, which when you're dating is exciting. That's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. oh, look, he wants to do this all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. But when you're married and you need a responsible partner. Right. Um, and once the mask is removed, if you will, in other words, once the pornography or that artificial stimulant is taken out of the equation, now you've got a very broken and raw human uh-huh. being. Uh-huh. Because you the stimulus is gone. So you, so the the you're not able to to meet your your coping mechanism it is gone. Yes. And so that forces you to look into the root issue to find relief right from from the pain that that they're experiencing. Well, yeah. and, and and pornography serves as a suppressor. If there's an emotion oh, okay. you don't want to feel. My husband was uh-huh. looking at it even when he was bored. Okay. So if there's any sort of, which is, which is, with all due respect, it's it's obviously very childlike. But yeah. but this dulls the brain and it messes yeah. it up to where your brain becomes childlike. You're yeah. not thinking like, you're not operating and thinking at age capacity, wow. chronologic age capacity. Wow. wow. What happens is, uh, you know, pornography pumps dopamine at a faster rate than natural sex. You're joking me. No. It, it, it's a harder addiction to get off of, they've proven, than even cocaine. Because of the, ra- the rapid rate that it feeds the brain. For those in- endorphins to come. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, as, as you were talking about this, I was thinking about, um, I, I did uh, Whole30, which like takes away sugar, everything, you know, you enjoy from your, from your diet and um, to figure out what you're allergic to, da, 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 da. Mm. And initially when, when we take away the sugar, you know, you're really angry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what happened was I started enjoying things like apples and oranges. And I was like, wow, this is so sweet tasting. And a strawberry was like a, you know, was like a gift. And so the, what you were saying about the, the rewiring of the brain and how God gave us, you know, these natural things to enjoy, but the sugar, you know, with the insulin and all that, it messes, it messes all that up. And you start to see fruit as well. I'd rather have like a, you know, like a lot of chocolate or something well, like that. Well, and a strawberry yeah. candy. Like if you yeah. were to suck on a Jolly Rancher strawberry yeah. candy piece, yeah, that the intensity yeah. of that strawberry flavor is going to surpass a natural mm. strawberry. Yes, and yeah. that's kind of what we're talking at. We're yeah, talk, we're talking about. Yeah. and once you grow accustomed to that intense, falsified, induced flavor, mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to go back to the natural thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. So, so it's a new way of life. Mm-hmm. My husband had to learn a new way of life. Yeah. Entirely yeah. new way of life. Yeah. And and you had mentioned something to me that you learned on this journey that um, that that when a man is looking at pornography, one of the benefits to it is this this woman can't reject me. That Oops. I will not be. So can you um, and that was a huge aha moment, you know, for me, like thinking about, uh, you know, th- thinking about that. So can you, um, can you share about that, um, you know, that phenomenon, that thinking process back then and how, um, for your husband, that was, um, you know, that was, that was soothing a root issue. Well, first of all, I want everyone, I want every woman to know that her husband's addiction and issues pertained and centered around pornography have absolutely nothing to do with her. Um, This is a problem he walked into your relationship with. Mm -hmm. You are not the problem. Mm -hmm. You may have issues yourself, Mm -hmm. but they have nothing to do with 
this particular problem. Mm-hmm. This is a coping mechanism, a very poor one. Mm-hmm. Um, but sin lies, and mm-hmm. sin is fun for a season. If we're all really real, um, mm-hmm. some we've all delighted in sin yes. at some level, at yeah. some point in our life. And it's fun for a season, but it never delivers what it promises. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we take, the addict takes the drug, and then pretty soon the drug takes the addict. Mm-hmm. And now they're... Yeah. Mm-hmm. engulfed in it, and they can't see a way out. Mm-hmm. So I want to make that really perfectly clear first and foremost. It has nothing to do with you rejecting him or anything about you. But yes, images, what the, the if you will, beauty of the image is that these women um, that are, are paid to pose this way, um, they're posed to pay to, I'm sorry, they're paid to pose in a manner that is very enticing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not natural. They don't love the men. Mm-hmm. They are just looking for money and they're mm-hmm. broken women too. Mm-hmm. Just like the men who use them, mm-hmm. they're broken also. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we remember that this isn't a bad guy, good guy issue. Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. sides of the fence are broken. Yeah. And Satan yeah. is playing off that brokenness. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that's so appealing to that is that when you when you take a hold of this lie and you look at these these men look at these images of these women who are deeply airbrushed and they look at it and they think she wants me because of the provocative look perhaps mm-hmm. on their faces mm-hmm. maybe it's the pose maybe it's the manner in which they're positioned i don't know mm-hmm. but it becomes very luring and it satisfies in them a broken part of their brain and their heart in particular that didn't resolve another issue. Yeah. Yeah. But it has nothing to to do do with their life. Yeah. But, and I love that you highlighted that and I hope that you're hearing this, that it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Absolutely. um, When, when you initially heard like, were, were there, you know, okay, like when you're talking about it's not your fault. Um, I there's a lot of women that will say, um, "What can you know? Like, I should I go out and get lingerie? Should I? Do you know what I mean? Change oh, change yeah. who I am um, uh, to to try to fix this? What would you say to her? Well, there's a lot of different lies that I personally have heard women say who I know whose husbands have struggled with this, and they have believed the lie that they're not attractive enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and first of all, it doesn't matter how attractive you are uh, or you aren't, for that matter. This has nothing to do with you. This was something they brought into this. this is, it's not about that. Um, they've also thought, sadly enough, some women have bought the, bought the lie that, well, if I watch it with him, um, yeah. maybe that will help. Because yeah. they feel so defeated that, yeah. they, that they don't know what else to do. And yeah. at least this way I can be with him. Yeah. Um, that's wow. a huge lie from the enemy. Yeah. You are not helping your husband by sitting in there and watching this. Yeah. And you are also in the process of destroying your own brain yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And third one is if I get provocative pictures taken of myself, if I pose in lingerie and I allow pictures to be taken, maybe he'll look at this instead of the other thing. Mm. The truth is mm. it's the fantasy that's captivating, that's so captivating mm-hmm. to him. You are real life. Uh-huh. And this is an individual who has spent years running from real life. Wow. So it doesn't matter how beautiful you are. You are real. Yeah. And he's he has lived in a world that's not for so long. Mm-hmm. And dealing with real life for him is too painful mm-hmm. until he tackles his issue, right. which is the reason why sobriety, as I stated earlier, was just having sobriety was not uh-huh. going to be acceptable in uh-huh. my marriage. That was just full recovery only. On Absolutely. The, on the wound, not not getting to to the issue. Um, so so with this, your um, and I, I really and let's just highlight that again. It's it's not the woman's fault. Like you said, we may have issues too, but this is a much much deeper issue. Um, when when you walked through this, um, how? Because I. I can't even imagine. I don't know how a woman, how do you get through this? I mean, and alone, but how How did God use this um, 
in, in your life personally well, and to grow your faith and to like, what, what is your journey in this? Oh, I have got such a, it was, it's You're been. You're like, well, <laughs> it's pour been. another cup of coffee because we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has been such a long journey mm-hmm. and it's a journey I never, and I have tears in my eyes as I talk mm-hmm. about this part of it, um, mm-hmm. I would never have elected to go through. I didn't even know that uh, this, as I stated earlier, that this addiction even existed. Mm-hmm. And then to be uh, thrown and thrust into a world that was just so filled with demise and mm-hmm. sickness. One of the first things I want to share that just came to my mind, and I'm going to trust that the Lord wants me to share this, mm-hmm. is that um, when I had my husband leave the second time, which would have been... Um, on Mother's Day, because the night before Mother's Day, he had decided, because I said, I know there's more to this story. You need to tell me. And my spirit wasn't settled, and I knew there Mm -hmm. was more. That's when he dumped a few huge, large wounds uh, on me that caused such incredible pain and shock. Mm -hmm. And I had him leave. And, um, you know, I had to trust that God was still good, that God would still use this uh, in everything. And um, it was going to be a long process. But ironically enough, you know, the, what the Lord showed me is when I wanted to point my finger at my husband, and believe me, there was plenty of fingers to, point, to be pointed at him. What he did was wrong, and I, I will, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not going to um, excuse it by any means. But the one thing that I noticed that God was showing me was, you know, Shelly, your husband has an addiction and he has desired something over me and he has made pornography his God, but you have made your marriage your God. Wow. Because my marriage was on a pedestal in my mind and in my eyes and I had waited so long for my savior, if you will, which was going to be a husband and have the family scene that I never had growing up and that I never had in the first marriage. And so when my world turned upside down, mm. it in reality, it turned right side up. Mm. Because God, who was there for Sundays and who I loved but got me through things, but it was my husband who had my complete and total adoration mm-hmm. and, 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 the, and had my focus, mm-hmm. suddenly everything, like I said, flipped over. Mm-hmm. And that's when God showed me, and I want to work that out in you. I want to be your Lord and your God. I want to be the number one thing you think of. I want to be what consumes you, not your marriage. Wow. Wow. And it would be a several several year journey, um, but in particular, a, a lot of the growth took place in the first oh, six to 12 months of that. Wow. Wow. I know that many women listening um, can relate to what you're saying. And I, I think that we are taught that growing up, you know, from the time we watched Cinderella. That, <laughs> you know, that, that our Prince Charming is that if we can just get married and if I can just read the parenting books and the marriage books and I'll be a Christian, I'm going to create the environment of peace and love that that I didn't have growing up. And then there's the imperfection that that happens. And it just is, um, it's like a dream dies, you know? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It it just, um, like I said, it threw my world for a loop. But the blessing was... As I got really real with God, yeah, and He got really real with me, and I, and I had to, mm-hmm. I had to remember that God is in control, not me, mm-hmm. and and that God's timing was perfect. Do I, do I wish I would have known things earlier? Absolutely, mm-hmm. but God, I had to trust God's timing on this, even yeah. of the unveiling and the way things happen, you know, with a staggered truth, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that took. Many uh, well over a year to two, probably two and a half years for me to mm-hmm. completely learn and find. But the journey and the story that God would give me through this would be huge. Mm-hmm. And at the time, all you see and you feel is your pain, and all yeah. you all you know is is that 
you don't know how you're going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. when I when you lean and you trust on God, mm-hmm. you know He develops a plan. And and what God would do through this recovery process and how He would use me would be so humbling, and it means so much to me. And I'm so yeah. thankful for this story. Yeah, yeah, that's epic. That's epic. It's huge. Um, and you know, and, and we, when we were initially talking, and you were saying, you know, you were you were upset with God and, and all of that, uh, and it, it was like, <clears throat> you know, like we all have these this picture, you know, with how it's supposed to be, and then it, as women, <clears throat> and then it never turns out that way. But it's like somewhere in the brokenness, then we realize. God's plan all along was was even better. Like for for yes. your heart to be knit to His, like He's your soulmate. He's your you know that kind of thing um, is is uh, is is a gift. Is a gift. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and one of the reasons why I share this is because there's a scripture. Um, Luke eight thirty nine, the New Living Translation actually. Uh, That's my favorite oh. one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, what's so what's so wonderful about this? In, in this story, Jesus um, he redeems a man who has um, demon spirits uh, dwelling mm-hmm. inside this man, and and he releases him from that. And the man wants to go off and be with Jesus. He wants to follow him, mm-hmm. but Jesus says, "No, go and tell your family what I have done." Mm. And it says in the New Living Translation, he went throughout the whole city telling what Jesus had done. And that is why I share. Mm. Because I'm not here to make a name for myself. I'm here to make a name for Christ. And if I'm too busy worrying about my own face, then I can't shine His. Yeah. And when God gives us a story, we're to use it. Amen. And Satan doesn't get to have the power when we keep our stuff in the closet, mm-hmm. nobody benefits, yeah. and Satan pulls the puppet strings. But when we yeah. are open and willing to talk about the Redeemer and the redeeming, the, the, the redemption He gives us in our lives, mm-hmm. then God gets the glory, and it puts our pain to purpose. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about, um, in, this, in this epic journey, because for, for God to lead to this place, and you talked about you had to trust His timing, like even for things to be revealed. So how long did that take? How many years? Um, you mean for me to find out all the facts? Not, not for you to find out all the facts, but this this journey, um, your journey of of um, you know walking through the the broken heart of the dream, you yes. know that that wasn't there to coming on this other side where you have this new relationship with the Lord and and even with your husband. And I guess what I'm what I'm trying to to draw out in this is that. Um, you know, when, when we walk through a trauma like this and, you know, we hear promises in the Bible, God works all things for good, and it doesn't happen tomorrow. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? That I'm like, okay, oh. now I'm out of here. You know, I just oh, want the pain yeah. to stop. And and sometimes in, inside of our pain, there, there's, a, there's an eternal process that's going on. And I guess what I want to communicate to our listeners is um, that, it, that it takes time. Oh, this it recovery. Takes time. You know what oh, I mean? Gosh, like, yes. So because because I mean just because you know you you'll hear like like pastors say, well, just forgive or just you know love your husband or just you know lean on Jesus, and so then we can walk away from that. Then having shame over, well, I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm right. angry right now. Right. And so and so the epic. So I think that journey for all of us is epic. Like it takes time. To walk with Jesus and to walk in the wilderness, um, and to to learn to to learn that dependence on Him, and every woman's journey with that is different. Right. But, so, can you um, can you speak to that? Well, I had grown very dependent upon Him as a single parent. Mm-hmm. So I had I knew I could count on God. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had never gone through anything like this before. Yeah. Um, I wasn't afraid of divorce when I separated mm-hmm. from my husband uh, on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it for me. And mm-hmm. in the state I live in, it uh, 
you have to be separated from your spouse for 12 months. Mm-hmm. So as I've stated, you know, I was counting down. Mm-hmm. I, I was done. He, mm-hmm. The betrayal was huge. The level, I would never have married him had I had known that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I stood on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so, um, but we were obviously because of the state laws mm-hmm. requiring such a long separation. Um, what I usually say to people is that that uh, we were married courtesy of our state. It was on life support. Mm-hmm. Is how our marriage was. It mm-hmm. was literally on life support. My goal and my objective was not to rescue the marriage. I wasn't a codependent woman. Mm-hmm. I knew God would provide. Mm-hmm. I had been a single parent before, so I didn't have fear of divorce. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I knew God was faithful. Mm-hmm. I knew He was reliable. Mm-hmm. Did I want a divorce? <laughs> Deep in my heart, no, mm-hmm. but I did not want to make that permissible, and I was appalled and disgusted with my husband. Yeah, yeah. So when we separated, that was my plan, and that was my mm-hmm. uh, that was my objective, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. to divorce. Mm-hmm. I did not know that God would work on my heart the way He did, and in the manner in which He did. So my goal versus marriage, because it's kind of like the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage is too, it's supposed to be two healthy, God-fearing, God-honoring individuals coming together and glorifying God the way that Jesus is in relationship to the church. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to symbolize that. Mm-hmm. So quickly putting a Band-Aid and going, well, we got to fix the marriage, isn't fixing the problem. Fixing a marriage, quote-unquote, at that point would have jeopardized the recovery for him. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't interested in the marriage. Yeah. I was secure enough in my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. It Again, it turned right side up mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. So my focus, though, was that he was now a broken man. I had started to learn and connect the dots of where his root issues became. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it wasn't about me. I never once, thankfully, ever thought if I'd only been a better wife, if I'd only this, if I'd only that. I never bought that lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a beautiful blessing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where our journey began, was mm-hmm. that in reality, it wasn't to save the marriage. Mm-hmm. It was just that I had children with this man, mm-hmm. and I wanted them to have an available father. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to be able to trust my husband or ex-husband mm-hmm. um, with them when mm-hmm. he would have them during his time. Mm-hmm. So then it began when I saw that the programs were not working out there in the community because they just touched the surface and they weren't getting to the root issue. Um God spoke to me in a very profound way, and yeah. that's how I knew. Okay, okay. Um, and and so in uh, and so we're going to go ahead and um, close out here today. And I know you're thinking God spoke to her in a profound way. And how did this story end? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned for part two because um, we're going to do another podcast. We're going to go ahead and close out today on this epic journey. But there is a part two. Um, Shelly, this has been um, so eye-opening, so eye-opening, and um, I just want to thank you for your courage um, to share this story, and I'm so grateful that you're going to continue doing it in part two of, uh, of, this, of this podcast. So is there anything else that you want to just say in, in closing today? Well, that God has a plan for mm-hmm. every one of our lives, mm-hmm. and it doesn't include making this behavior acceptable. And yeah. I want to hopefully put some tools in your tool belt that will allow you and empower you in a God-honoring way yeah. um, to really stand by and uh, help your spouse with this issue. Yeah. And I want to encourage you to see what God wants to reveal and show you in the yeah. course of all of this, because yeah. there's a lesson for each one of us in this. Yeah. Again, you're not responsible for his behavior, yeah. but... Um, but God wants to grow you as well. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Thanks so much, Shelly. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for listening in. And again, if you will, please share this podcast with other women that you know that can benefit from this. Um, And join us back next week for part two of Shelly's epic journey. Um, of, <laughs> of healing through the pain uh, of, of the, the plight of pornography to, um, to really come out on the other side uh, of a beautiful purpose of glorifying God. Thanks so much, Shelley. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.